millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody. I am Mike Rains, a.k.a. Poker and Politics, and welcome to another episode of Adventures in Hellworld. I am joined, as always, by Sarge. Hello, from Cool Person Internet. And the Mysterious L. Hello, my beautiful babies! The babies just stay beautiful each and every week. It's a sight to behold. Yikes. Out of context, very bad clip there. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm, just, I, I'm just giving QAnon clips to use against me to be like, here, look, listen to what Mike Reigns is saying, that monster. We all know what these people are doing. Margle, bargle, fargle, wargle. Whatever you do, nobody make an out, uh, an at out of context hell world Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> Post horrible clips of us to make us sound like absolute monsters uh, or absolute Muppets. One of the two. Either or. I, I, yeah, either or. Or Muppet Monsters, not unlike the Cookie Monster. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how about those Oscars? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, this is the this is the part where we we seamlessly segue into our uh, newest, freshest, hottest segment, the Amuse Bouche. <laughs> we talk about st- stuff that isn't necessarily quite headline worthy, but is still worth talking about. And boy, howdy, if there was a thing that fit those two categories of not technically newsworthy, but also definitely worth talking about, Will Smith decided it was pretty cool for him to slap the shit out of Chris Rock at the Oscars in front of fucking a few million viewers and God and everybody on the internet afterwards. Yeah. And was not escorted out of the facility afterwards. Yeah, he that, literally just got to claim an Oscar and like be yeah. out there giving a speech like a, like a few short minutes later. Yeah. Still yeah. hopped up on the adrenaline from making his decision to to slap Chris Rock in front of the universe. 
<laughs> he just got yeah. to go up there and accept an Oscar. No repercussions whatsoever. Yeah. Super hey. great. Nailed what, it. What a what a what a big strong performance that made everybody look great all around. Like yeah. it was just certainly. <laughs> yeah. it, it's certainly not the case that it made both of those men look incredibly weak, which it definitely did. It's just like ah yes, a confrontation between two full grown adult men in which neither of them comes out looking any stronger. <laughs> it's like just bit bad all around because oh. Chris Rock backed down on all fronts immediately. He made oh, yeah. it, Chris Rock made what, made what seemed like. The, the most logical and also most like calculated move, but not necessarily the move that you want to see in that situation. I didn't want him to, to like hit Will Smith back, uh, nor did I want him to go after Jada Pinkett Smith or the rest of the Will Smith family any further. But I do think it would have been pretty neat if he had just started comedically coming after Will Smith. <laughs> just like, oh, you want to come up here and fucking slap me and then sit back in the seat like like it ain't no thing? And then just be like, all right, well, how about we talk about your performance at After Earth real quick? Like, <laughs> or, you know, how about we talk about your longstanding, uh, you know, suspected uh, Scientology or just anything to like start like, you know, you, I kind of wanted to see the man come back at Will Smith in that moment. But I understand why he didn't. And then obviously Will Smith looking like a big stupid crybaby, like going from laughing like it, laughing like it was a fucking full blown Chris Rock Netflix comedy special to noticing that Jada is like not amused and then just being like, ooh, time for me to make a big man play. And it's like, Will Smith, you calm down. Chris Rock is small and old. Like he's just going up there and hitting this guy. Yeah. It's like not, not appropriate for several reasons. And also like at the end of the day, you're just beating up somebody that is way smaller than you. It's like yeah. fucking keeping in your pants there, rock star. Yeah. I, 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 not that this is any way like uh, an apples to apples comparison, but we had this one incident. I remember a few years ago where this guy who was just like older than dirt just, and, and he's a known, like just absolute dirt bag. And he made it, he made a tasteless comment at another player and the other guy got up in his face and they were like standing nose to nose. And I was like, Dude, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna punch a ninety five an eighty five year old man in the head right now? Like, yeah, he said something untasteless, but you don't get in his face because if you if you breathe on this guy, you might kill him. And like, what 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 good is that gonna do in this situation? Just tell the guy that he was out of line. If it if it was that offensive, tell the dealer to get the manager over there, and we'll walk a grandpa tasteless comment out the building. If it, if it offended you that much, you don't have to get in his face like, I'm a real man, and how dare you talk about my family that way? And it's like, calm down, dude. Relax. <laughs> Elle in our, uh, our chat, uh, when all this was going down, was just like, he would never make this joke. Uh, uh, Will Smith would never run up and slap uh, The Rock if he made that joke. And on the flip side, Chris Rock would never make this joke about Mike Tyson's significant other. So, see, like, I, I absolutely think that Chris Rock would, because that's you like think that, so? that, that is what comedians do. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong; I'm not defending the joke. The joke, the joke was hacky and in poor taste for a lot of different reasons, like a GI Jane reference. That movie, that movie came out what 20 years ago, yeah, like what about someone's involuntary medical condition? Like, like Chris Rock's never updated his bald woman Rolodex to get a more contemporary reference for <laughs> the, than than GI Jane. But I mean, at the same time, it's just like you know. Yeah, really understand Will Smith's desire to protect his wife, who at the end of the day is a millionaire, rock star, model, content producer, mother, like 
like very successful just you know like in half a dozen or more ways that are just really easy to list off and it's just like but she has alopecia so you know this moment i really need to just go fuck up my whole career and everyone's whole oscar night like get fucked if you were one of the people setting a record for doing anything at the oscars this year because nobody gives a fuck about you anymore (laughs) nobody gives a fuck oh yeah (laughs) coda that won best picture and yeah what's that movie about is that is that movie about will smith slapping chris rock because if so who gives a shit yeah Yeah. will smith will smith ruined a very special night for a lot of people in addition to just setting a very bad precedent like it's just like yeah somebody if somebody says a thing you don't like you get to hit them in the face that's not how society works mate you can't do that like (laughs) especially and like don't get me wrong there's a line that's not it yeah Anyway, we could talk about Will Smith a lot. I could rant a lot, but I decided I, I didn't want to be on my soapbox for too long. But I, I don't know. But I'm seeing a lot cute. of people. Wait, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, I'm seeing a lot of people that, like, you know, I respect, like, somehow having a like a hot take that puts them into Will Smith's, like, corner on this one. And it's like, dude, he, like, committed an actual crime on public television to no repercussions. And, like, the, the thing that we're battling, the, the thing that was being battled over, it wasn't, like... It was like Chris Rock was just like, I don't believe in transgender rights or something. It was like a in poor taste to a millionaire model like that happens to be Will Smith's wife. I don't know. I didn't get it. <laughs> but Mike, we're a QAnon podcast. Uh, what does QAnon think about this? Uh, QAnon's view of this is very much uh, in the realm of was this legitimate or was this staged? As uh, people who follow the pro wrestling would say, was is this a work? Was this worked or was it a shoot? Exactly. And uh, QAnon, for the most part, believes that it was staged. They 100% believe that it was a work, that it was set up, that the Oscars is part of the lamestream media's failing media empire, that no one watches the Oscars, no one cares about it. So they decided to sex it up by having this staged event where Will Smith slaps Chris Rock and, oh, my God, it goes trending on Twitter and goes viral. And that doesn't make sense for a lot of reasons, but let's just start with one. <laughs> It's hard to really, it's hard to make a lot of hay out of something if you don't get to promote it ahead of time. It's just like, oh shit, you should have been watching the Oscars. You weren't, but you should have been. Because <laughs> I certainly wasn't watching the Oscars. I just saw no. this clip and it wasn't even like I saw the Japanese unedited version of this clip because that's the one I wanted. So the only people that got by like traffic were some Japanese news outlet. So it's just like if the, if this was some sort of like elaborate work, it really I mean, they're really hoping that people are going to tune into the Oscars next year, hoping that hoping that one actor is going to assault another actor live on stage again. Seems pretty unlikely. <laughs> just going to throw yeah. this out there. I will also not be watching the Oscars next year because in the event that does happen, I will just see a Japanese version of it on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, I'll just get the the unedited Australian version or Japanese version or whatever. Yes. What is funny is that that was the mainstream view of QAnon was that it was staged for the longest time. And then there were a few brave souls that basically went down L's list of talking points right there and were like, hey, wait a minute. Maybe this wasn't staged, but those are the outliers because, again, in the world of QAnon, nothing can be organic. Nothing can be authentic. Yeah, of course not. Will Smith can't have a bad reaction to a joke and then do something stupid because that involves, like, human beings actually having free will and autonomy and being able to do stuff. 
you like Will Smith and every other person that exists in our world is literally just a piece on a chessboard that is moved by God or the devil. <laughs> badly so, maneuvered. Too. Badly maneuvered. Yeah, exactly. This infinite chessboard where no one's making the right moves literally ever. That's all that's going on here. And so like Will Smith was there to distract us from Ukraine or from uh, the Hunter Biden laptop that they're all ranting and raving about. Basically, like that became like the the new cover story. Once people were just sort of like, "Hey, they couldn't have done this for ratings for the Oscar, but I know it was staged. I know it was a work. So why did they do it?" And it was like, "Oh yeah, it's a distraction." Because oh yeah, the, so the, they're saying the deep state activated Will Smith. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we saw that meme. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I like to I like to think that they gave him no forewarning, and that's why his reaction like flipped on a dime the way it did. Because I mean, the footage makes it look very bad for him, where he's just like ha, 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 hilarious, looks over, sees uh, sees Jada, and then just like it's just like time to murder Chris Rock, <laughs> and it's just like well. Uh, you know, that's like, that. that's sort of the, the, the online perception of it anyway. So you could, you could totally see somebody like getting into his earpiece and just be like, Mr. Smith, the, the Illuminati thanks you for your service. You, we need you to go hit Chris Rock in the face right now. <laughs> I was actually thinking that like, he's laughing, he looks at Jaina and then like Jaina just like presses the button on her watch and just activates him because she's his handler. <laughs> she's like, beep, and he's just like, oh shit. <laughs> Him in his spine, like tells him yeah. to do Chris Rock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but even then, like, see, the the thing is, is that like a slap also feels really calculated. Like, of all the ways to hit somebody in like in a quote unquote rage, like you know, if you're really defending your wife's honor, don't you like close fist it there and you just like actually like start oh, throwing yeah, he that didn't... with Chris Rock? Like, a, like I a, saw a, some a... people being like he could have killed him. He's like that was a slap and not even a particularly hard one. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm just saying he didn't even go for a punch, so it's just like that's a pretty calculated show of aggression. Yeah, yeah. Calm, yeah. Calm down. And, 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 and then, like while he was receiving his Oscar, he's just like I had to defend my family, like like Venus and Serena's dad or whatever. It's <laughs> <laughs> very stupid. I'm all about love. Anyway, all right, we've 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 all done this for too long. Let's talk. Let's talk about something a little goofier and a little a little higher energy, shall we? Uh, Trump's hole in one. What what's the deal? I I only vaguely saw the headlines about this. What's what's the deal with, with Trump's hole in one, Mike? Okay, so some dumb dumb uh, Republican bootlicker who was uh, golfing with Trump posted on social media that Trump just hit a, hit a hole in one, and then people started making fun of it, and they started talking about how like oh that was that was Trump's fifth hole in one of the day. What? No, this well, isn't North Korea. Like well, that was the joke. This this was the, they were riffing on Kim Jong Il. They were riffing on him getting eighteen holes in one in a row. And people were making people were making those jokes. You you jumped you jumped it. You okay. Jumped, you jumped, you, yeah, you you jumped you jumped. Yeah, the, sorry. The yeah, but you, you fucked it, mate. Sorry for having a brain in my head. Just being yeah, like, yeah. what the fuck are we talking about? Yeah, but I'm saying the, the the person who said it was his fifth one in the day, they were making fun of the guy talking about Trump getting a hole in one, and being like, oh, we're going Kim Jong Il on this shit. So. Uh, as people started talking about this, uh, Trump, because he just can't fucking let anything go, posted one of his weird little letterhead emails to everybody, and it, and it reads, many people are asking, so I'll give you, the, give you it now. It is 100% true. While playing with the legendary golfer Ernie Els, winner of four majors and approximately 72 other tournaments, because tournaments aren't on the record or anything. It's an approximation. We're just spitballing here. 
uh, throughout the world, uh, a bunch of other people. Uh, on the seventh hole, which was playing 181 yards of a slight wind, I hit a five iron, which sailed magnificently into a rather strong wind. So literally in two lines, he mis- he characterizes the wind as either being slight or strong. And and then uh, the ball goes in the hole. He hit home. He hit a hole in one. He but did I mean, awesome. th- th- thank God, thank God, he decided to list all the credentials for his eyewitness, though. So I mean, yeah. that guy seems like he'd be pretty trustworthy. Oh, yeah, knowledgeable. He seems yeah. like he'd be the right guy to know about whether or not the ball went in the cup in the first shot. <laughs> yeah, yes. How many shots did it take? Let's go to this guy. Well, how should how should I be able to trust this guy? Well, you have no idea. How many times he's seen ball go into cup in one shot <laughs> in his years? He's won approximately seventy three tournaments. Didn't you know who this guy is? He's yeah. Ernie L or whatever the guy's actual name <laughs> yeah. is. So uh, this ridiculously dumb hole in one blathering, of course, uh, in QAnon world, a cigar can never just be a cigar. So one QAnon uh, promoter declared. How about a little decoding fun? Ernie L's equals EE, which equals 5-5, five, five, which is one of their favorite terms. Five iron and five feet equals 5-5. Five, five. 181 yards plus seventh hole equals 10 plus 7 equals 17. And But the best part, clank, which was the noise Trump claimed it made when it fell in the hole, clank equals prison. Hashtag panic in D.C. So even when, <laughs> wow, that is some next level thinking. Yeah, so, yeah, you yeah. love to see it. Yeah, so even when Trump's just talking about, yeah, I had a whole one. It was great. It really happened. You can believe me. QAnon's just like he's talking about putting Hillary in jail. It's the secret message. It's happening. It's so subtle that when it doesn't happen, it's just because it's still it's still subtly happening. It's subtle <laughs> and it's slow. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> so subtle and so slow that it may as well not be happening at all. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, as well, unfortunately, uh, some things happen rapidly and out of nowhere, not suddenly or subtly or slowly at all, uh, such oh as the tragic God. death of the Foo Fighters drummer, uh, yeah. whose name I had called up and have now lost. So yeah. you know, you know who we're talking about. So one of my co-hosts will will Google this for me. Uh, yeah. Which we we are unfortunately obligated to talk about in this year, Amuse Bouche. Uh, because you know for sure that uh, QAnon has a bad take on this one. So what's QAnon's bad take on this one, Mike? So uh, QAnon's bad take on Taylor Hawkins' death is Taylor that, Hawkins, yeah. Yeah, is that uh, he... Killed it. Yep. Way to go. Yes. Is that uh, he died uh, from the vaccine. Um, the Foo Fighters were one of the one of these performers who had uh, very... who were working the... The whole thing where, you, hey, you got to have a proof of vaccination or a negative test to get into our concerts and venues. Um, one QAnon promoter went so far as to declare that Dave Grohl was a tyrant about get, making sure that people were vaccinated and boosted. And that uh, the drummer had recently re- recently received his fourth shot of the vaccine. And that, of course, after the, he got the fourth shot, a couple of days later, dead. Because that's that. This is like again. This is the new line in the sand they draw. The fourth. It's the fourth one that gets you. And uh, when that when that day comes, when the fourth shot is readily uh, available and people get it, and it doesn't work, guess what? The fifth one's gonna kill you. So um, that was their story, completely ignoring the fact that uh, the Colombian authorities who conducted the autopsy said that literally every drug on God's green earth was in this guy's system when he, when yeah, he passed away. It's- 
it's very yeah, the toxicology report as presented was pretty damning yes so yeah like the what actually happened you would think that what they what actually happened would be like the easy the low-hanging fruit that QAnon would pick from being like oh look another famous person uh trapped in the deep state life of crazy hedonism and just chasing the dragon succumbing to the addictions and temptations of that lifestyle nope they can't do that they can't even just take what for what for those sick people would be considered a win instead of that they have to be like yeah it was the vaccine because that's all our little like brains can possibly conceive of at any moment is that our new th- our new hobby horse is that the vaccine kills everybody so it killed this guy and oh yeah by the way it's why triple h had heart failure and um basically any health scare or death that happens to any famous person ever is why my foot stinks <laughs> yeah. I got a bad foot odor because of the vaccine. Yes, exactly. Uh, L's feet never smelled bad until he got vaccinated. I can confirm this. So, yeah, everybody. Yep. Everybody knows this. Everybody knows this. <laughs> I love how, I love how immediate. Like he's just like, yeah. Oh, I I know. I know the smell before and after. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I know it. You I know it well. Believe. Yes. yes. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Truly, Mike Reigns is the Quentin Tarantino of the QAnon debunking world. You know it. Oh God! <laughs> hey, uh, I, there, there, there is no, there is no burden I won't bear for the sake of podcasting. So uh, wonderful. It, yeah. It, it, hey, it, it, at least this shtick is better than my previous shtick that I had decades ago. So I will, uh, I'll be quite content with this being my place in the world. I sure hope so. Uh, n- nobody likes anyone whose shtick is the same as it was 20 years ago. I mean, just look at Will Smith slapping the shit out of Chris Rock. <laughs> Bazinga! All right, let's uh, let's keep this. Uh, let's try to keep this level of levity going uh, after we play our headline and uh, content warning bumps and truly get into the horror that exists in Hellworld. Content warning: The Adventures in Hellworld podcast talks in depth about QAnon which means we have to talk about all kinds of child abuse and violence against people. Listener discretion advised. From the digital headlines to the digital front lines, it's cues in the news. So uh, it turns out that uh, the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas is what we would like to call pilled to the gills. Uh, <laughs> yup. Yeah, so yeah, uh, this is a pretty spicy meatball to come out this week. Yeah, so uh, Ginny Thomas, uh, Clarence Thomas's wife, uh, this isn't even like Dime Store QAnon. This isn't other like uh, off branches. This is just the direct stuff, the straight mainline. Um, I believe in QAnon. Uh, her, she sent a bunch of text messages to Mark Meadows. One of those was, uh, quote, Biden crime family and ballot fraud co-conspirators, uh, parentheses, elected. Officials, bureaucrats, social media censorship mongers, uh, fake uh, fake stream media reporters, etc., are being arrested and detained for ballot fraud right now. And over coming days, we'll be living in barges off Gitmo to face military tribunals for sedition. And then she added, I hope this is true. Um, Ginny Thomas appeared to believe uh, a conspiracy theory that QAnon had been uh, preaching for a long time that the authentic uh, ballots for the 2020 presidential election had watermarks on them and that the, and that the deep state's illegitimate ballots that were all filled out for Biden and Harris did not have these watermarks. And thus, once all the ballots were rounded up and the right ballots were 
uh, hit with the, the the searchlight, they would show the watermark. The fraudulent ones would not show the watermark, and then the watermark ballots would be tabulated, and Trump would win in a landslide. Uh, this I love had, the idea that the the uber powerful deep state could be bamboozled by watermarks. <laughs> yeah. I think oh no, we didn't think of the most obvious way to secure a paper document. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, 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 this bit of technology that's been in twenty dollar bills for going on twenty odd years now, we could never have foreseen them using that for ballots <laughs> and made our own watermarks. Uh, this, Whoa, this, how yeah, could we have cur- seen it coming? Curses foiled again. Yeah. Um, this was around even during the Arizona audit. Um, there were photos of uh, people looking at the ballots, and there was like one photo of a person holding a ballot to the light. And QAnon was like, "Oh shit, they're checking for the watermark." And um, this was also uh, right wing lunatic and occasional Infowars guest Steve Pachenik, aka CDPs. Uh, this was one of his favorite hobby horses that the election was a sting operation where they had let the deep state bring in their fake ballots. And then they were going to hit them with the true ballots. And then all the bad guys were going to get cuffed and stuffed. So sounds right. Yeah. So Ginny Thomas um, reporting all of this stuff to Mark Meadows is a bit terrifying because um, these texts uh, were part of the, um, of, of the court case that was brought before the Supreme court where uh, Trump and company were like, Hey, our, uh, our, my communications were under executive privilege. You have no right to see them. Um, the presidency is basically an elected dictator. Fuck off all y'all. And uh, the Supreme court ruling uh, on this case was eight one against Trump. The one vote in Trump's favor was Clarence Thomas's vote, which is, what we would like to call an incredibly stupid attempt to cover your ass. When you know you're going to lose eight to one, why not make it unanimous and pretend like you actually were in favor of this? Why be like, Hey, I mean, basically Clarence Thomas pulled a Will Smith where he made a really dumb decision to try to defend his wife from something. And he's like, I'm going to cast this meaningless vote in opposition. And I hope no one notices that and says, Hey, wait a minute, Clarence. Why did you cast that no vote? What was your legal justification for that? This could could never come back to bite me. No, never. Never not once in a million years could this come back to bite Clarence Thomas in the ass. Yeah, I mean, it is is ridiculous that um, this is where we're at. So, of course, you're hearing all these people screaming that Clarence Thomas must resign and all this other stuff. And and impeach him, which can you impeach a Supreme Court justice? You can. You absolutely can. It's the exact same process for uh, presidents as it is for Supreme Court justices. You do the same thing. You impeach him in the House and you try to convict him in the Senate. And guess what? You're never convicting him. Republicans, Republicans who held a Supreme Court seat open for a year because Scalia died are not about to suddenly find morality and hand Joe Biden another open Supreme Court seat because uh, Clarence Thomas is a little too corrupt for their taste. Uh, Clarence, Clarence Thomas or any Republican on the Supreme Court could commit murder in broad daylight. And until they were convicted of the crime, Republicans would be like, hey, got to let the process play out. Innocent until proven guilty. I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, your defense lawyers for that Supreme Court justice, drag it out until after the midterms. Don't <laughs> keep it going. We, we're we not letting Biden get another seat unless we can't help it. I mean, it's, it's just like, it's like. Like, I mean, has a justice ever been impeached? Like, I, 
I don't think so. I, I know none have ever been convicted, so I don't know if anyone ever went went through the process of actually impeaching a Supreme Court justice. I love but, how this is the level of scandal we're at, where like because for what it's worth, I agree with our expert Mike Rains that there is no possible way he could ever be convicted, even if he was impeached. I love how this is the level of scandal that we're at, where uh, jaded but correct people like you and I. Uh, are just like can't win, don't try. <laughs> like yeah. just like there's not like what what is even the point? Like there's absolutely no way at this level of scandal yeah. only only being related to that minor coup attempt. Like come on, dude, what are you talking about? There's, there's no, no reason to take this L. Like why why would you? Like I'm, you if you know you can't convict him, why take the L? It's just a, it's just so funny to me that like this is this is where this is where conservative politics are at where this level this level of scandal is nothing. Yeah, and uh, I I looked it up on the on the internet and uh, Samuel Chase was a Supreme Court justice who was impeached but also shockingly was not convicted. So oh yeah, so wild to hear. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, hey, if they wanted to impeach him, knock yourselves out. But uh, make sure the Senate trial takes like 45 minutes and then I'll get all the Republicans on our record acquitting him, along probably with Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema, because whatever. I mean, it's, but yeah, I mean, it would be a waste of time. I have no problem with grandstanding about this. I have no problem about fundraising on this. I have no problem about making a stink about this. But if you actually expect anything to happen uh, vis-a-vis the fact that Clarence Thomas is married to an an open and proud insurrectionist who thinks that the people attacking the Capitol on one six had the right of it. Um, I hate to, I hate to burst your bubble. Like th- there will be no consequences for this. So oh, yeah, like fucking the turtle from Tennessee himself is still saying he's, he's not gonna like approve or is going to vote no on the current uh, nominee. Oh yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, well, she's great, but I'm still not voting. I for uh, for KBJ, I have to vote against her because reasons. Although uh, Susan Collins came out saying that she is going to vote I. So, and I think uh, Merkel from Alaska is going to vote for in favor also. So she might get a whopping fifty two votes from our horribly broken Senate. So Combobulations guys, way to do it. You win. Um, we get our first black Supreme Court justice, uh, black female Supreme Court justice via bipartisan consensus because because two Republicans voted in favor. Oh man, the the, the Joe Manchin dream finally politics yes. working across the aisle. Oh, we did it! We did it! Oh to god, make, to make up the deficit that they caused because yeah, they're fucking idiots. <laughs> We finally got there. What a bunch of clowns. Uh, Okay, well, uh, so, yeah, disappointing but not necessarily surprising news coming out of the the Thomas camp. Yeah. And uh, just the fact that we don't really see a lot of of penalties coming down the pipeline in that favor. No. Um, So let's talk about orgies because that seems a lot more fun. Uh, (laughs) Apparently, Madison Cawthorn, a person I totally know, but for the benefit of our listeners, I'll ask Mike Rates to describe to our listeners and not me because I know who that person is. uh, (laughs) Has apparently been levying some pretty orgy-tastic accusations. Uh, So what's the deal with this and who are we talking about? (laughs) So so Madison Cawthorn is another uh, member of of the House who's a Republican and is... A Nazi, based pretty much an openly proud Nazi. Uh, he at one point he talked about um, going to um, Hitler's uh, summer home, uh, the Eagle's Nest, and saying, "Oh, I can cross this one off my bucket list." 
and uh, this young this y- young upstart go getter, um, he got himself into Congress, and he's been doing what uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Bobert and Louis Gohmert and all these other cretins do, which is just trying to make it a name for yourself by being as brash, stupid, and controversial as possible. And recently, uh, Madison decided that he was going to come out and say, "Oh yeah, by the way, uh, some." like senior Republican in the, in Congress came up to me and was like, Hey Madison, I mean, it sucks that you have uh, your disability and all that. But uh, if you ever want to come to one of our, um, one of our cocaine fueled orgies, uh, you, you have a standing invitation. And uh, Cawthorn then declared that the man did a key bump in front of him, which led to a lot of people searching the internet to find out what is a key bump. And that is when you like drive a key into your vial of cocaine, get some cocaine on the key and then snort it. Um, I love how of all the things you, you, we've been discussing in this headline, that is the one thing that I already knew (laughs) (laughs) Not because I've ever done cocaine, but just kind of through, I was just like, I can put two or two together here. I'm pretty sure I know how this works. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, it was a it was a very big uh, topic of discussion, and, and a lot of people were like, "Hey, why does Madison Cawthorn know the term key bump? It, that feels like one of the things that you only know that term if you've done the thing." So it kind of feels like to me, yeah. he he probably enjoys some of the Colombian marching powder now and then as well. You don't and, learn that in Dare. Like no, you know, <laughs> that'd be so great. Dare, the entire point of dare is to make drugs sound super cool. So you're like, hey, hey, kids, don't do this. But you want to know what a key bump is? And it's like, that'd be that'd be awesome. Yeah, most- at some point you might see, uh, you might see a, a model or an actor or somebody that you respect do one of these things. It's called a key bump, and you should never do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, Dewey, it's amazing. Yeah. So uh, so he made these allegations, which if you are a Republican or basically anyone in Congress, that's got to be like really kind of terrifying because this is one of those dog whistles to QAnon that all your elected officials are, in fact, like just crazy hedonistic lunatics who are out here just doing drugs and having crazy sex and not abiding by the by the, the Lord and cr- traditional Christian morality. I mean, at the very least, it's great that Madison didn't bring up the uh, the sex dungeon under the pizza joint and all that. But I mean, we're only like a step or two away from that whole like thorny uh, bit of shit just by bringing this up. And the Republican leadership like came down uh, like a ton of bricks on Cawthorn about this. Uh, one Republican was like, Hey, if he's going to say this shit, he needs to start naming names. He needs to, because again, Madison was like, I'm going to tell you who did that key bump in front of me. It's a mystery. And that guy was like, Hey, you n- name the guy, name the guy that did some blow in front of you, buddy. And, and uh, Kevin McCarthy, the head of the house, uh, just a few, just like an hour or so ago, uh, Madison Cawthorn left um, McCarthy's office after they had a little meeting to have a, a little talk about what uh, happened there. And uh, 
let 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 Mr. Madison Cawthorn know that, like, hey, buddy, um, you can call the Democrats a bunch of uh, cocaine fueled orgy having lunatics, but you you don't you don't piss inside the tent. You don't you don't come after your fellow Republicans with allegations of drug fueled uh, sex romps. So, um, like, like tra- train your fire in the right direction, buddy. And Cawthor was just like, well, then maybe next time don't do that key bump in front of me, dog. <laughs> Put me in a weird spot, bro. Oh, man. If only if only that happened, because there were reporters that were waiting. And when uh, Cawthorn left the office, um, he refused to answer reporter questions as he went by them. Yeah, and it, I it, bet it, he did. <laughs> and, and it, it would have been so great if as he was going by them, he was like, oh, yeah, by the way, McCarthy was the guy that did the key bump in front of me. Uh, FYI, just just putting it out there. Just want to let everybody know that uh, it was him. That Check was that guy. man's keys. <laughs> oh, my God, key gate. Yes, no, I'm does. not going to give you my keys. You need a warrant for these keys. Oh, my God. You, you tell him. You tell him, McCarthy, with your cocaine dust littered keys. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah, oh, yeah. allegedly in this in this fantasy world, I'm not even willing to commit to making such an accusation in this <laughs> fantasy world that we've invented. These are only alleged things that could have happened. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, that that's like the least crazy thing ever. Where they're just like, you cannot accuse a standing member of Congress of a crime and then not back it up. Like that's not how this works. <laughs> yeah. At least, not, at least not one of us. Again, I mean, you could. I mean, yeah. these, these people, these people do every wink and nod possible about uh, these about Seth Rich being killed by the DNC and all this other stuff. But how dare you? How dare you? Uh, how dare you accuse any Republican, and especially not Matt Gates, of uh, doing a key bump and then going into a sex orgy? How dare you? The Republican Party would never stand for such uh, crazy and depraved uh, activities. Yeah, he's like, I'm I'm not going to name any names. But after he did that key bump, he turned around and walked right back inside that Chuck E. Cheese. So that's all I'm saying about that. (laughs) And his name was Mitch McConnell. What? (laughs) <laughs> hey, I would kind of respect Mitch more if he was like, <laughs> if he was, it, like yeah, yeah. if he was like, I mean, when you look at Mitch on TV, it look, I mean, it looks like he could go at any moment. I mean, that is a man that is a man in some poor health. I, I'd much rather imagine him doing a bunch of blow bragging with fucking Scavino or whoever about like the, the, uh, the, I'm uh, sorry, Madison Cawthorn. That was it. Scavino's our next headline. Uh, uh, about, uh, the, 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 the orgies and then, uh, turning on his heel and walking into that Chuck E. Cheese in that Florida panhandle city, wherever it is. <laughs> Pick your poison somewhere in the Florida panhandle though. <laughs> anyway, oh well, I left the cat in the bag here, so let's just get right into it. Uh, Apparently, Dan Scavino and Pino Navarro are incredibly content- uh, contemptuous, which is a word I, I wrote down and then tried to execute and kind of biffed it on my first try. Yeah. I circled back, though. I got there. So what's going on with what's going on with the Scavinster? So uh, the one six committee uh, decided that they wanted to talk to uh, Dan Scavino and Peter Navarro about. Wow, that's the... still happening. What yes. World? Oh, yeah. The time to be alive. Oh, the most magical time to be alive. How, when better, what better time in history to live in than this one? Which, uh, which do you think will resolve first? The investigation into Will Smith's slap or uh, the 1-6 uh, committee? 
Uh, oh God, they'll get they'll get to the bottom of the Will Slip slap slap way faster than the one six committee will finish. That's not even possible. That's an easy win for the Will the Oscars investigation into what happened there. <laughs> uh, but uh, so Liz, uh, Representative Liz Cheney, um, gave a uh, some she gave a statement before the one six committee talking about how they wanted to talk to Dan Scavino about the fact that uh, he seemed to be interacting with QAnon and they would like to ask him a few questions about that. And what is that all about? And of course, course, uh, Dan Scavino, much like pretty much anyone in Trump's inner circle told the one six committee to go fuck themselves. And not only did he uh, tell them to go fuck themselves in the sense that he wasn't showing up to answer their questions, while Liz Cheney was uh, saying these things, Scavino was posting on Truth Social Media a uh, a flag graphic that is the same uh, JPEG that Q posts as a flag graphic, and he posted it exactly two years after Q posted his flag graphic. So that's what we call in the QAnon community a two year delta, and QAnon. Yeah, yeah, that is. They, the they pro- must have lost their minds. Oh, yes, they did. Uh, QAnon calls Dan Scavino quote Delta Dan because he does this a lot. He either he himself or he has a staffer who knows this shit. He knows to post certain shit on certain days to give QAnon Delta hits to make them feel good about themselves. And the Dan Scavino's reaching out and tussling their hair and pinching their little cheeks and telling them that they're good little boys and girls and that they're one day going to meme their way into saving the world. And yeah. And, and, and so literally while Liz Cheney is saying, Hey, Scavino, what are you doing with QAnon? He's like, Oh, you know exactly what I'm doing with QAnon. I am inciting and provoking them and making them think that like I'm totally on their team. And so is Donald Trump. And Scavino has been doing this for years and years. Um, my my pinned tweet at, um, for the for the remainder of the week probably is a long list of times that uh, Scavino has aggressively dog whistled QAnon in efforts to make sure that they know that Trump loves them and that uh, the whole storm and the Great Awakening and all that shit it's going to happen any day now. So you guys just keep on keeping on. Uh, the most famous of these uh, incitements was Scavino himself posted a meme of uh, Trump playing a violin with the caption, I call my next piece, nothing can stop what is coming. And later on, uh, Trump Trump retweeted it with uh, the phrase, I don't know what it means, but it sounds good to me, which feels a lot like Scavino just grabbed Trump's Twitter account and was thinking to himself, hmm, if I have Trump just post this meme totally without context, that would seem really fucking weird. So I got to put a little distance between POTUS and QAnon. So I'm going to write in this little disclaimer to try to give Trump plausible deniability of anyone. Yeah, a little bet hedging up front. Never hurt nobody. Right, exactly. So yeah, so you have Trump... Quote treating, quote tweeting the Dan Scavino meme, QAnon meme with again the claim, who knows what this means, but it sounds good to me. 
And uh, this this flipped the internet out. Everyone was saying that Trump's Nero because Nero fiddled while Rome burned. And this meme is an obvious brutal self-own and what a dumb, dumb Trump is. And the whole time I was watching the media do this shit, I'm like, guys, guys, he's he's pandering to QAnon. While all of you were freaking out and calling him Nero, his audience, the audience that Scavino is trying to reach out to, is hearing the message loud and clear. So this this isn't what you think it is. This isn't the own goal you think it is. This is actually a dog whistle to Trump's most militant supporters, and they are very happy that Trump is doing it. Or in this case, Dan Scavino pretending to be Trump is doing it. Well, so that's the story on Scavino. What's the deal with Peter Navarro? Uh, he was one of the, he's again, he was in Trump's inner circle and he's just following Scavino's lead. He is not as uh, tied to QAnon as Scavino is. But uh, again, the, the boss has laid down the edict that nobody talks to the one six committee. And at this point, the uh, the one six committee has only managed to get the the DOJ to um, pick. They've only managed to go after uh, Steve Bannon. That's the only guy that uh, that the DOJ has been willing to indict for uh, contempt of Congress for some reason. Uh, Mark Meadows himself, I do believe, has had like a, a a referral for contempt of Congress before DOJ for like two months at this point, and DOJ has not acted on it. So there's a lot of people who are not happy with Merrick Garland and the DOJ not uh, like expediting this process and charging these people or saying, hey, we're not going to charge them, and here's why. I, I think there were even members of the 1-6 committee while they were doing this who were just like, yeah, we're charging these people and we kind of hope that, you know, DOJ will fucking do something at this point. Cause, yeah. uh, Isn't that you know, why those guys in New York, those prosecutors in New York quit? Because they just refused to prosecute Trump? Well, yeah. The, well, the new attorney general in New York was the uh, Bragg is his name. Bragg was the guy who was like, hey, guys, I don't think we got much of a case here against Trump. And the two of the lawyers uh, resigned and one of them, uh, I don't know if he leaked it, but somebody leaked his resignation letter and he was like, Trump did these fucking crimes. And our new attorney general of New York refusing to prosecute him for these crimes is fucking bullshit. So like, that's why I left because I couldn't work there anymore knowing that like the work I did to nail this bastard for the crimes he obviously committed that uh, this case got swept under the rug. It's horseshit, and I won't stand for it. And I've heard a bunch of illegal Twitter arguments on both sides. On the one, I've heard the one side saying it was a slam dunk. This guy was in the right of it, and then the other side is more the more the thing. It's like these kinds of crimes, at least the crimes in New York that Trump was going to be charged with, they involve a lot of having to find out like what the criminal's like state of mind was. Like if he sort of just fucked up and made the mistakes he made up, that's not like a criminal thing. But if he deliberately did it, if it was, if he was intentionally trying to mislead, then it's a crime. And like that kind of gray area shit, so, I mean, I would say it's probably more like, I, I'm spitballing here, but probably like 60-40 in favor of people who are like, oh, yeah, they should have charged Trump. They absolutely should have. But there is a there was a, a minority that was like sizable enough that was like, look, 
the, the the problem with Trump is the whole you come to the king, you best not miss. You need to have like a one million percent airtight case against this prick, because if there's like if there's one maggot shut on the jury who can find a legal reason to not convict their orange god of a crime, they're going to hang that jury. They're going to do something. I mean, yeah. I because I, I remember when Manafort and Stone got convicted. There were like a couple maggot chuds on those juries, but they were like, yeah, they did it. I mean, I didn't want them to do it, but they laid it out. It was cut and dry. I had to do my duty, so I did it. So, But it's like up that by a factor of 10 when you're going after Trump, and it's like, fuck. I mean, it's just. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I can just see where that would be like just not the most fun thing to have to deal with. I would imagine, yeah, it's not. Well, I guess the, I guess the theme of this week's episode is uh, men in positions of power uh, not facing any repercussions for their foul deeds, which is unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not great. One could consider it a bit suboptimal. Yes. So, well, yeah. it's time it's time for us to break uh, another sacred covenant because, in much the same way that Sarge and I uh, talked about Bruno in our spinoff podcast, Binge Wordy, when we discussed. Encanto. Uh, it is now time for our podcast, The Avengers in Hell World, to say gay. Because it's time for us to talk about the don't say gay bill that's going on in Florida. I mean, just some truly archaic shit managing to, to continue to crop up in, in our country. It's fucking wild. Suddenly, suddenly abortion and gay rights are like really resurging in the, the zeitgeist of bigots. It's fucking There's crazy. Some don't ask, don't tell shit right here. Yeah, I mean, this is like so bizarre that like we're doing that we're still doing this, that we're still in this place where bigots and homophobes are just like, hey, do we have a chance? Is is there some state in America where we can get a W? And Florida was like, boy, howdy, you can get a W right here, boys and girls. Come on down to bigot town and we will pass this law that is pretty much unconstitutional because you're restricting the free speech of people in public places schools in this case and uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna do a thing to virtue signal to everybody that we can that i governor DeSantis, uh am a bigot and i i don't like gay people and so everyone come on down let's let's have this little party let's have this social culture war bullshit fan festival while uh, Disney literally just couldn't stop stepping on their dicks this whole time. Like when the bill first came out, Disney was like, Hey, everybody, 
even though we actually do run the state of Florida and could stop this at a moment's notice, uh, we're just going to let it play out, yeah. see how it works, see how and this works, see how it all shakes out. And then as the bill got closer and closer to fruition, Disney was like, oh, shit, we look so bad for our indifference and our standing on the sidelines was not a great look. And when the bill actually got signed, Disney was like, we are going to do everything in our power to fight against this bill. And we respect all people from all communities and the LGBTQ plus. They're all welcome here at Disney World. And please don't boycott us. And uh, we're going to we're going to get that rascally DeSantis if it's the last thing we do. And it's like, guys. Like you had your chance when this thing started, you let the snowball go down the hill about seventy five percent. Then, like, don't worry, everybody, we'll stop the avalanche. Nope, too late, idiots. So, like, again, much like Will Smith and Chris Rock, there are no winners here. Everyone involved in this thing looks terrible, except for the people who were honestly fighting it from day one, because they were the ones trying to prevent this shit from becoming. A now almost almost assuredly challenged in court law, that is just awful. I mean, there's well, maybe maybe Dis- maybe down. Disney can uh, funnel a bunch of money into taking this thing to court or whatever. Maybe maybe they'll stand by it. Uh, not that it matters if they do or not, because again, in sticking with the theme of the episode, it doesn't really matter if they do. No, like how how are you gonna how are you gonna fucking uh, give repercussions to Disney. No one's going to boycott it. They own everything. Yeah. They own all the stuff. Like Moon Knight literally just dropped its first episode today. Do- if you Dr. Want, Vampire's coming out soon. If you want some that. Moon Knight or some Dr. Vampire, you have to go to Disney. Although Dr. Vampire is more of a Sony thing. It's like, Oh, is, oh yeah. Cause it's, it's under Spider-Man's like web. Yeah. So it's sort of like, you know, knuckle deep in Marvel. Not, <laughs> Not much, but at least one full knuck. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like the way that would that would roll out no. the tongue, huh? Knuck really got me. I mean, look, I mean, sometimes you have to, sometimes to sell the bit, you have to say a horrible string of words. It's sort of like casting an evil spell. <laughs> <laughs> got me there. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, yeah. thankfully, uh, I don't think we have much else to say about the Don't Say Gay bill. It's like transparently bullshit. And the fact that it's, it's even made it this far is just really unfortunate and sad. And we hate it. Yeah. The only, the only thing I will say is that I do love the fact that uh, like, at the very least, every time DeSantis like kind of gets out of the terrarium of like right wing media and has to answer questions about anything, God, does he just like fall apart? He is like the most powerful empty suit that I've seen in quite some time. It, he, uh, I, like uh, someone on Twitter like pointed out that he's kind of like Bobby Jindal. If you remember that that guy was the next great hope of the Republican Party, that he was going to come in and show diversity and be the savior and carry the Republicans to prominence and potentially the White House, and then he was over and gone within fifteen minutes. And DeSantis really, to me, feels the same way. Um, I remember when Trump was just uh, when Trump was just like, hey, I've been vaccinated. I got the booster. I think you're a coward if you don't say those things. And he was aggressively targeting DeSantis with that message because DeSantis 
one day was asked, hey, uh, governor, have you been boosted? And he was like, how dare you? And then ran over and slapped the guy in the head, was defending his own unvaccinated honor or something. Just like DeSantis is very bad at uh, handling questioning about anything that he stands for. He's very well, good. About- so, but did Trump go after it because Trump sees him as a threat? I think Trump probably sees him as someone who might be gunning for the nomination in 2024. And, and, and I mean, Fox news has been trying to uh, like, they, they, they like so much dig dug have been like just pumping DeSantis full of air in this, in this desperate attempt to make him like the, the post Trump, uh, standard bearer of the Republican Party, where it's like, hey, he's just as brash and like crazy and cocky as Trump, only without all the criminality and the fact that he's an overweight 75 year old who might not make it to the starting line in 2024. Because uh, that's a ways away, and I don't know how many, I don't, I don't know how much time uh, the Orange Daddy has left on the clock. Uh, well, I mean, hey, the White House doctor said that he was an Adonis. Oh, maybe yeah. the healthiest man he had ever seen. He had the body <laughs> of Gronkowski. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh God, yes. Oh man, because he said his, his body was like a like a barrel of cobras. I want that to be said of me. I want to have the body of a barrel of cobras. That sounds like it would be really uh, awesome and wonderful and not at all bizarre. Uh, yes, uh, that, that that would be great. Not great is our our weekly check in just to see uh, just to see if anything has moved needle wise on the uh, war in Ukraine. Uh, how's that? Go- how's it? How's it going on the the the, the Western Q front? Uh, the Western Q front uh, has decided to uh, take just absolutely whole cloth of Vladimir Putin's new explanation for what's going on, which is I haven't fucked up and gotten a large quantity of my army slaughtered in what has been an absolute disaster shit show. <laughs> a massive boondoggle. No, because well, uh, we're, we're now going back to one of the original, original justifications for the war. Because at the start of the war, it was regime change and denazification. And then after that, it was uh, liberating the, like, the Donbass region and the other region that I'm currently drawing a blank on. But it was like, hey, the separatist regions of Ukraine that want to be under Russian rule, we are just coming to merely liberate them. And then and then after that, and because they were like, I don't know, trying to conquer Kiev, which is on the other side of the goddamn country, they decided, they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, um, this is actually the bio labs that America had in Ukraine that created COVID-19 and is going to create COVID-2022. So we had the strike there. So like, like the dart in a dartboard flailing that Russia had been using all this time. Uh, now, Vladdy Daddy, uh, while saying, oh, by the way, during these peace negotiations, we're going to be, in order to foster goodwill, we're going to dial back a little on Kiev while we have these discussions. It's not, we've gotten our asses kicked and we're retreating from Kiev right now. That's, that's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's like, so they, um, they have now retreated to the line of, oh, no, this was always about Dombosk. This has always been about yeah. the separatist regions. The, the, all, all the war over in Kiev, all the war over there, uh, that was merely a, a cunning distraction, a deft feint 
into Ukraine to allow the the forward the real thrust of our army to occupy the separatist regions. And now that we have those, uh, we can sue for peace, having achieved all of our strategic objectives. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, Nailed sure. It. Nailed it. Sure thing, buddy. That was that was what you were going for this whole time. Oh, you oh oh those clowns in Moscow did it again. How about those clowns? In this case, clown, singular, because Putin runs everything and it's this is his show all the way. So yeah. Well what, um, what a show it's been. Uh, really really making Ukraine look like the greatest country on the face of the planet. I mean, real plucky. If they had any sort of air force, this would be over already. Uh by some reports, sixteen thousand Russian soldiers have died. There are constant reports of them trading, uh, like food and fuel for uh, ammunition. Like it's it's just insane. Like the reports keep coming, and none of them are good for Russia. Yeah, like in in one month in in one month in Ukraine, Russia has lost more men than America lost in Iraq and Afghanistan over like twenty years. Yeah, I mean, this is like there's no way you can spin this as anything other than a colossal shit show. Oh no! It, At some point, Putin's going to come out and say that the plan was always to choke Ukraine with Russian dead. Yeah, that was always the plan. So that way they can't use the bioweapon that will turn anything into zombies because they will have too many zombies to contend with. (laughs) It was just like, we'll we'll send like 50,000 Russian soldiers to die in Ukraine and then we'll pull out and it will be like, haha, we've done it. We've we've just, it. we've just salted the land of Ukraine with so many dead that they can never use their zombie bioweapon or they will be the ones that get overrun. They hit they hit him with the Zap Brannigan killbot overload strategy. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I knew they had a very specific limit. Yes, I mean, hey, like if Donald Trump is to be believed, uh, Vladimir Putin is a strong, very stable genius. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my god! I mean, the, the the friggin' the New York Times just published an op ed that was just like, "Hey, we're all dunking on Putin, but what if this is what he wanted the whole time?" It's like, get fucked with that. Come on, you're wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a big brain thinking there. That's a, the, from the same people who brought you uh, China created the coronavirus and then dropped it on themselves first for some reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's some real big brain plays there. Yep. Oh God! It's, yeah, it's, it's like playing like a social deduction game and just immediately giving up the ghost that you're one of the bad guys. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I'm a strong play. I'm evil. Like, I'm, aware, cool. I'm, I'm a werewolf. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a werewolf. Sarge on night two, we're gonna eat you. Yeah. You're gonna get eaten. Uh, I don't like how this is going. Yeah, and, and, and then smash two the morning of night of uh, day three. The narrator's like, Sarge, you have been eaten. Town, make your decision. And they're like, Mike Reigns is a, is a werewolf. And I'm like, how did they know? How could they have foreseen this? I was so subtle. It's like, well, now they don't know anything about my my other werewolf teammates. Got them. <laughs> yeah. I drew all the fire to myself. But there's only two werewolves left, and there's eight in town left. Yeah, don't worry. They got this. I trust them. I totally trust that Ella and my buddy Frank are going to take care of business like you won't believe. Oh, shit. <laughs> Shouldn't have said that. Dude, Frank is a champ. Yes, he is. That guy's so great. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, do we want to get to our uh, bulging, writhing uh, mailbag? Oh, all of those things. Yes, sir. Our listeners got questions. We got answers. It's time for Q&A. 
I love that in my mind it wasn't enough for it to bulge. It had to bulge and rise. <laughs> it had to do both of those things. <laughs> Thank you, Sarge, for your condemnation. Ter- terrible bulging and writhing. Of all of these things. Uh, the mailbag gets even more grotesque with each passing moment. Uh, I'm picturing it like a spirit of darkness in like, the corner of a dank cellar, just bulging and writhing. <laughs> Little letters peeking out of the top of it, like... T- tempting you, tempting you to draw closer, even though the rest of it seems quite bad. <laughs> uh, so, uh, listeners, you know, you know what fan art we're requesting now. So, get get cracking on that. Maybe uh, some sort of mysterious. It's like a burlap sack. Maybe some like mysterious fluid is causing like discoloration on the bottom of it. Maybe starting to seep through. Some sort of yeah, some sort of awful Elden Ring monster. Yeah, some sort of <laughs> some sort of black ichor is like <laughs> getting its way out of the bag. I'm now. I'm. I'm. I've just seen so many Elden Ring videos online. I'm now a picture picturing the person in their underwear walking towards uh, the boss, and the boss's Hellworld mailbag with this giant life pool on the bottom of the screen, and it's just like, oh no, this one. This is a tough fight. Um, so we shall begin the battle against the mailbag. Uh, Cleodora Silvestri is a proud no coiner. Says uh, we've seen conspiracies escalate with a constant spiral of crazier, more demon infused insanity for years now. Is there a point where the grift goes so far out there that there is simply no up to left to go beyond an in infinity war of conspiracy of conspiration from which you can only go down? Uh, that. That's an interesting question. I feel like there is value in going down because there's a way to present yourself as like a serious, somber, concerned skeptic by going down and being like, now all that crazy stuff these people are saying on this level is a little too much for me. But when you get down to this level here, an honest person could have some valid concerns about X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And I, and I feel like conspiracy theories are, are less like a ladder and more like a wheel. I can, yeah, I can see that. that I could just see that. Like, I mean, it just seems like they're escalating, but at some point, like what's old will just become new again in a different form. Right. I mean, that's sort of like how QAnon is operating currently is that they're just like dredging up a lot of the old greatest hits and just like being like, it's a QAnon thing now. And then, you know, maybe at some point, some other, some other thing comes along and they can dredge up the the greatest hits and be like, it's a this thing. And then eventually there'll be enough time behind it where it could be like, this is a QAnon thing now. And people get like, oh man, I remember QAnon from back in the day. And that was great. <laughs> I, I don't think there's any bottom to QAnon. I, I don't think they can actually like hit true bottom. They'll, they'll find something dumber. And yeah, like I was saying, they're just they're already repackaging old yield fashioned racism. So they'll they'll just find something else. No, there's no real bottom to this. Yeah, Maybe and- at some point, like we will actually get concrete proof that there's intelligent life on other planets and that will open up cosmic conspiracy theory shit that we have never dreamed of, where it's just like, OK, now that the Pandora's box is open, people could just be like. Oh yeah, well obviously like it's obviously now everything is aliens. Like everything's always been aliens. That much has been clear as day. Like I've always been on Team Blizzard people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it, aliens are like ancient the ancient alien theory theories are all pretty racist as it is. So <laughs> there you go. 
Yeah, I I subscribe to what I call conspiracy theory accelerationism, where you do have to make the next iteration of the conspiracy theory crazier than the previous one. You always have to like push that envelope. Like nine eleven couldn't just be remote controlled planes thrown into the buildings. You have to go to the point where you're like, there were no planes involved on nine eleven, and you just have to keep ratcheting the crazy. But at the same time. People like Jordan Sather and others want to have a quote unquote like level of respectability where I'm not going to go to that level of crazy. I'm going to be like, look, 9 11 was an inside job and Bush did it, but there were planes involved. And like that, like trying to like, trying to like present yourself as someone who could actually be in the mainstream and give an interview without being outed as a total kook. That's like kind of the goal for some of these people. The other people just want to do what, what Sarge just said, where they just go to the, the infinite possibilities of absolute madness, where you never let reality ever interfere with the shit you're fucking throwing. Well, you, you take it real far and then you wait until that doesn't work anymore. And you dial back. You look at Alex Jones. He was a hardcore 9-11 truther. And he's like been forced to dial that back a partially because his audience got bored of it but also because it's not as acceptable to do that anymore uh you know we'll forgo all his like sandy hook woes but i feel like i i don't know i only feel like QAnon has probably taken some stuff and then dialed back on it you, you'd have to tell me mike if they got bored with something it seems well, like they- I, I feel like it's probably more likely that it only seems like escalation, but since it's escalating relative to how like cultures changing so quickly, it's not actually really moving the needle. It's just like sort of keeping pace, right? Where it's just like you know, back ba- back during the nine eleven, like the craziest, sort of the craziest shit you could be believing in is that nine eleven didn't happen, was an inside job. The planes were CG. There were never planes. Like anything related to nine eleven was probably like the the farthest you could push it to really push people's buttons. But now that just seems so benign, but there, there are ever crazier things that people believe in that have like taken that thing's place, but it's only relative to where culture rests around it. You know what I mean? So as certain things become less generally culturally acceptable, like, you know, things are going to have to trend downward the same way they trend upward to maintain that same status quo of being exactly this far out there. Aside from the stuff that, again, is just like shotgun blast, clearly so far that like like flat Earth, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, n- n- nothing in culture is ever going to make flat Earth seem like more respectable. Like, yeah, <laughs> that would require some crazy shit to go down. It would have to be like, oh yeah, the aliens showed up, and when they showed up, the first thing they told us were just like, yo, y'all know your world is flat, right? <laughs> be like, oh shit. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Oh, that'd be so great. The Flat Earth people being like, yes, vindication, baby. We did yeah, it. The, the, the aliens all turn us into soup. And it's like, well, great. You know, congratulations on being right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, 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 now become soup. <laughs> I don't want to that's, that's, that's what aliens are about. They travel to, to new planets and then they just use their soup gun to turn. I mean, that's like in the Hollywood movies, they're always coming here for our resources. And sometimes the resources us like our genetic material or whatever. And they just like gooify people and rocket off into space. Uh, my joke 
that I'm now explaining is not that they were going to turn this into Campbell's Chunky, but that like we'd get melted down into. Either way, I just like the idea that aliens yeah. show up to Earth and they're just like, ah, man, it's even if even if their plan, you know, because a much more exciting movie is that they want to like hunt and eat humans, and, like tear them limb from limb, like Predator. But you know, you're surprising <laughs> a very boring movie where they just show up and they just point a gun at you and it just liquefies you instantly, and then, then they just like absorb you into their suits or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, wow. So, what a, what a, what a bunch of clouds. Yeah. So, <laughs> that is us. Yeah, yeah. So thanks for uh, thanks for the question that turned out let us go into a jumping point of absolute madness. We much like QAnon took that question and then accelerated it. We went as up as we could, and we never actually went down ever in a million years. There, we were just completely out of spinning, our mind. always spinning. Yes. So uh, Pancake Peasant asks, are all these jokes about the Hellworld crew getting pilled and turning heel your way of laying the foundations for a triple cross where our beloved heroes redeem themselves and destroy the Q evil like Darth Vader in Return of the Jedi? Uh, if we could do that, that would be fucking incredible. Sounds like so much work. I mean, t- yeah. yeah, take this with a grain of salt because it's exactly what somebody who's setting up a triple cross would say. But the answer is, nah. I just have a price. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you know you know how you know how like you know like you know l is supposed to be hyper liberal and like i'm trying like you know I'm, I'm trying to maintain my wokeness what's more woke than secret what's more woke than knowing in your heart of heart that you have a price <laughs> it's a very high price i'm not going to sell out my principles for for just you know yeah. like sofa cushion money but boy howdy like if, if the cabal ever wanted to float me the Jeff Bezos special, it's just like, hey, do you want to do you want to have literally an unlimited amount of currency? Would you like to just every fucking crazy whim of yours you could make manifest with your mind? I just be like, yeah, probably. Yeah, go Trump. <laughs> would, you like to, would you like Trump, to have- Trump is legitimately my president or whatever? But yeah, yeah, that's it. that's it. We're we're shills. We'll 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 sell out. We're, oh, we want to sell out so bad. I, I need to... Or will we? I mean, oh. I guess that's the real question, right? Ah. Yes, that was that was, inc- that was an incredible <laughs> jump in, and I'm just going to leave it there. That was, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, thank you for that question. Uh, big, bald, bald, uh, big, bad, bald bastard uh, asks, uh, Anon's love looking at Hunter uh, Biden's big old schlong. Is Hunter Biden a white hat? If, if Hunter is a black hat, is his peen a white hat? Sending coded messages to alert the Patriots about Cabal plots. Hashtag dog, dong comms. Uh, hashtag tr- trust the peen. So, <laughs> is this a thing that I don't know about JFK Jr. as a live trutherism? Do they love his huge dick? No, uh, Hunter Biden. They or like Hunter ha- Biden. Sorry, I don't know why. Maybe maybe uh-huh. I was just too busy thinking about and lusting over JFK Jr.'s dead huge dick. Uh, no, Thank God uh, for that content warning. <laughs> yes, uh, alleg- allegedly Hunter Biden is is packing, as the, as the kids would say. Um, was that confirmed by the the existence of the laptop? I, I don't know if it was from the laptop directly, but there were the, there were videos and yeah, those, videos of him like smoking drugs, like yeah. naked. Yes, what is that a thing? Yep, that's a thing. I mean, I guess Hunter Biden doesn't really rate as a celebrity to me, so I've never, I've never thought to, to investigate his penis. <laughs> I mean, he's not a celebrity. He stays out, like other than being the president's son, he has no position in the White House. Like all of Trump's awful succession horde, he's stayed out of the limelight. 
Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not interested in civilian penis. Get out of here. <laughs> is his peen a white hat? Who who can say? Not us. We haven't seen it. Maybe uh, Mike has. Yeah, I'm not uh, going to speculate on this civilian's penis. No, no. it's political uh, affiliation. We're way it's above believed. that. Until yeah. we get sellout money, then I will tell you about Hunter. But what? How many Patreons do we have now? How many patrons do we have? Uh, we are at a brisk sixty-four patrons right now. If we get to a thousand patrons, I will in detail describe Hunter Biden's penis and what kind of hats would go on it. No, that's yeah. not true. That will not happen. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like that's probably very illegal in some way, <laughs> or at the very least, it seems incredibly uncouth. <laughs> yeah. now, now you have morals. Now you, you well, just, I just, I just feel like in the, in, in the instance where I say where where, where I say I, I have my price, it's more like in my head, it's more of like a like a Faustian bargain. Like it just happens to like <laughs> like it's just some like gradual ramp up where we're just like for a subscriber goal, we're gonna do this dumb <laughs> fucked up thing. Like that 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 seems like an actual path to pilling yourself. That that seems like how Alex Jones did it, where he was just selling out, that he just sold out so hard that he started to fucking get high on his own supply. Now he's ruined forever. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that is basically it. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, he tried to buy the Sandy Hook families off for uh, twelve hundred k each, and uh, they told him to pound sand. Oh, yeah, no, they're like, oh, we're gonna get so much more money out of you. <laughs> Yeah, you, you you think this is going to be six figures, Bob? Low six figures? Six figures without a crooked number at the front? Get out of here. You're, you're triple defaulted. Like, we're yeah. getting fuck you money. We're getting yeah. ruin you money. Yeah, 1200K. You having a laugh, mate? I mean, just, oh my God, you gotta be kidding me. But uh, the Hunter Biden being a white hat thing is something that uh, QAnon promoters will dip a toe into every so often. Because... Even even like the even the pea-brained, smooth-brained QAnon idiots will look at the origin story of Hunter Biden's laptop and they'll be like, so you're telling me that Hunter Biden having a laptop just literally full of incriminating stuff against his family, against the Democrats, against all the people that we in QAnon hate, that Hunter Biden took this laptop full of evidence and just dropped it off at a random uh, laptop repairman, and then aban- and then abandoned it. And when the guy opened it, it wasn't password protected. There was nothing on it. It was he literally just turns the laptop on, clicks on a thing, and there's just a folder saying "deep state crimes" right there. So like, there are people who've been like, "Hey, if you read the laptop's origin story, like Hunter Biden has to be a white hat," and. Unfortunately for the people that follow logic to its logical conclusion there, the logic of Hunter Biden hero is defeated by the fact that they just have to hate everybody that's their enemies. And because Hunter Biden has Biden for a last name, he has to be a baddie. So even when uh, these QAnon promoters are like, hey, let's connect these dots here. And the only way this makes sense is if Hunter's a good guy, their audiences are like, nah, I hate Hunter Biden. Fuck him. He's a black hat, and I want him executed in Gitmo along with his dad, who's a pedophile. I mean, that's just it. Like the 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 reason brain is defeated by the hatred brain every time in this situation. Yeah. A battle of two brains over one soul. But we will absolutely soul. talk about his penis if we get a thousand <laughs> patrons. That is, is if we if we get a if we get a thousand Patreon subscribers, we could talk about your penis, bud. 
Sure. We could describe it and compare it to Hunter Biden's. If we hit a thousand patrons and this is our full time job. Apparently, according according to what I've heard about Hunter Biden uh, just recently is in as we record this podcast. I'm not sure if you want that fucking problem made. I, I don't want that smoke, but we'll light this fire. If this is if, if we get fuck you, this is our all three of us full time job patron money. Absolutely. We'll. We'll compare and contrast all our penises. I don't think a thousand patriots is enough for that. (laughs) Yeah, probably not. So (laughs) I'm I'm QAnon style. I'm already moving the goalposts here. Full time (laughs) job. If we get one million patriots, (laughs) full. When we go full time, if there's enough of you supporting us, we go full time. This we will have the the Hunter Biden penis episode. Oh, oh, man. Serge is really fired up to talk about dicks. I know. This is a, this is a playful set of Sarge we haven't seen before. I'm not sure how I feel about this this subtle change to the canon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I, I mean, uh, I, I, I haven't thought about it before, but uh, I might, I might have to start interviewing uh, Karma for the third chair position at this point because uh, <laughs> Sarge is going way out of pocket in this episode. Yeah, so he's gone rogue. Absolutely cock mad this episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, anyways, thank you for the question that uh, apparently has taken our podcast in new and terrifying directions. Well, listen, let's be honest. We were always going to talk about penises. Like, it was it was coming. You okay. you both know it. Uh, speak, speak for yourself, bub. Uh, R- R- Reverend Xenofact asks, uh, Russia's quote-unquote economy is shrinking. The country is isolated and a brain drain is ongoing. How do the uh, the crew, spelled with a Q, explain how Putin is destroying his country is part of the plan? Um, right now, uh, QAnon's... Oh, I, I'm sorry I bring this up in the Ukraine section, but uh, it fits here perfectly. Right now, QAnon is obsessed with this idea that uh, Putin has uh, pegged the price of a ruble to a certain amount of gold in this like bizarre thing where Russia is like, Russia is now on the gold standard, and this is exactly how much our currency is worth vis-a-vis gold. And there are people who are talking about how uh, this stable, gold-backed Russian currency will be so powerful that it will destabilize the American dollar and bring our economy to collapse. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, it's like you, you do under- it. And it's like you do understand that Russia's economy is literally that of Mexico's. Like, like they they are a tiny economy. I mean, they're a very big nation, and they got a lot of nuclear weapons, but they don't produce shit. Literally, all they produce is oil and gas, and they've managed to offend enough of the enough of the world that people are like, you know what? Fuck your oil and gas. We'll get it from somewhere else. So. Uh, Russia going on the gold standard is not actually a double reverse triple annihilation uh, economy spell that will shatter America. It will do absolutely nothing and achieve nothing for them. But uh, yeah, this is how they're spinning it. And again, uh, what I said before, they're now spinning that all they were ever going after was the separatist regions and they're going to get Zelensky to bend on that and cede that ground to them, and they're totally winning, and this is this is what they were planning the whole time. And getting, we swear. <laughs> we swear. And getting 16,000 16, Russians killed, and ha- letting having Ukraine uh, at this stage of the war be actually positive. They're actually up tanks from when they started the war because they've captured so many Russian tanks. Ukraine is plus tank for the war at this point. That was all part of the plan. 
That was every last bit of it was just part of the cunning ruse of the now uh, slightly bigger Russia with lots of dead Russians and a new, much more stable gold backed ruble. But maybe maybe Putin's plan all along was to get the Ukrainians to claim uh, tanks that are totally rigged to blow. And they're going <laughs> to maybe maybe tanks are the best use of warfare right now. And I don't know. But yeah, here, here no, no way, man. They're they're Trojan tanks. Each <laughs> yeah. each, each one has got a secret compartment in it filled with uh, two dozen uh, medically shrunk down to tiny size Russians <laughs> that will, will will burst forth small soldier style and wreak havoc behind small enemy lines. <laughs> wow. Hey, what that... did you think I was going to make it to the mailbag without making some obscure ass pop culture reference? Yeah, no, I, I knew you would, but that's like, man, that's almost more obscure than Turbo Teen. I don't uh, know about all that. What's very funny is he literally had bonus turbo teen round. Uh, how do they expect to profit off of it? Ruble scams, gold buggery, et cetera. And we kind of accidentally covered that in the first part of the question. Comrade so, yeah. ape. But, uh, the, but NFTs of comrade ape. That's yes! the picture. <laughs> oh, man. Comrade ape. No one take that. That's ours. Yes, comrade ape. 100% hell world property. We we own the rights to the NFT. And if you try to steal it from us, we'll sue you. Yeah. Was right. <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to make another penis joke. Thank you. Oh God! Uh, but you already. But but by not doing so, you already did. Yeah. So, uh, the audience just has to wonder. <laughs> Schrodinger's penis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, finally, from the mailbag, uh, Nark says, "I see that the owners have agreed to new overtime rules. What are your thoughts, and will it matter to sports books?" Um, and uh, he says, talking about the NFL to clarify, um, it will not matter to sports books at all. Like literally, like it doesn't change anything. It would be very funny. It's gonna be very. What funny, the hell are the new overtime rules? I didn't hear yeah. about this. Uh, in the in the playoffs now, both teams get the ball. That's the, the regu- regular season is still what it was, but in the playoffs, uh, the first team cannot win on the first possession. The other team will receive a possession in the playoffs. That's that's it. That's the change. Okay, so, I mean, I guess fair enough. Yeah, and, well, let's and, fucking go. Yeah, so the only thing that's going to happen is uh, maybe, maybe not for many years, but there will be a game one day where the game was like like uh, was like uh, fourteen points under the t- the under for the total, and both teams are going to score a touchdown in their first possessions, and then win win with another score, and the game's going to go over, and a bunch of idiots that bet the over are going to get lucky and get paid, and the smart people who bet the under are going to get royally fucked, and that's basically all that's going to happen there. So like. You get now like point oh 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 one percent more value betting the over in playoff games than you did previously. That's about the only thing that changed. Yeah, so I think that covers uh, that. Is this gonna is this gonna be enough to satiate all the whiny babies that were clamoring for overtime rules change because um, they, their their team didn't win in overtime? Yeah, well, <laughs> well, we're gonna see. I mean, the thing is, the thing that's like so funny to me about this is that people are like, "Ah, the offense has just run over the defenses in overtime because the defenses are so dumb, so darn plunk tuckered out." And it's like, well, now all we've done is kick the can down the road because, like, the super-powered offense number one will score a touchdown because they can't be stopped. Then super-powered offense number two will score a touchdown because they can't be stopped. And then super-powered offense number one will just drive down the field, kick a field goal, and win because they can't be stopped. So, like, I feel like the only way this changes that paradigm is if – 
unstoppable offense number one scores a touchdown, kicks the extra point, and then unstoppable offense number two scores a touchdown, and then they have to go for two, and they have to win it right then and there and not give the ball back to team number one. So I think that could be fun. And that opens up the can of worms. Does team number one go for two on their first score to try to make it impossible for team number two to win on the on the comeback? Or not? Literally none of this will ever happen. They will just always <laughs> kick the PAT and just like tie it forever until one team can't manage to get to the end zone. <laughs> that would be hilarious. God. I, or, I, or I guess get to the, the, the field goal marker yeah. for the, the old winneroo. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess it's better than nothing. I don't know. Yeah, uh, NFL NFL turns out not not super great when it comes to like a satisfactory overtime situation. Yeah, yep, yeah. So that brings us to our question of numerous. Uh, what are you guys looking forward to? Uh, they just announced a new Gundam series, and uh, I'm always a sucker for some giant robots. So uh, I'm kind of excited. For a new good mecha series, fucking nerd over here. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm actually not like especially fired up over anything at the moment. Uh, not in a bad way. I'm just sort of like, I, I, I guess that I, I've got some stuff coming like down the pipeline that I'm excited for. Like I'm taking a trip uh, to visit Sarge, and I'm, uh, you know. Uh, you know, uh, D- Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is coming out uh, eventually, but uh, I don't have like a ton of uh, especially exciting crap going on in April at the moment. So, yeah, April's just sort of like the transitional. Maybe, maybe I'll be excited for the transition from it being like cold outside to it being spring for like the two weeks of spring we're going to get before summer just decides to show up and be here for six months. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, I was just like outraged at this week and how ridiculously cold it was i'm like it's the end of march we're supposed to be in spring at this point screw you 25 degree weather you're unacceptable so yeah i know exactly where else coming from on that front um I'm looking forward to the fact that I have a three-day weekend uh, here this week and that this is going to be like the last time I have this schedule for a while because of the crazy stuff happening at my day job. And I'm going to be back to banker's hours for a while, uh, just putting in that kind of work. But um, it's fun. The stuff's going on. I like uh, training people how to learn, learn how to deal the pokers and the blackjacks and all that fun stuff. So I have I have all that good stuff to look forward to, and uh, when you are listening to this podcast at some ill determined time during this week, uh, know that this is my birthday week. So uh, Mike Rains has made it around the the made it around the sun one more time. So uh, yay for me on that front. So probably have to go out and like have a feast for that sometime this week and do all that happy dappy birthday stuff. Do love a nice birthday. Look, look at Mike Raids doxing himself. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I opened I opened up my Twitter and I saw like the balloons floating and I was like, God damn it! Oh my god! Like, I guess this is a thing. So, yep. What what, right. what what a cavalier lad. That's me. That's me. A savvy person would have just been like, Yeah, I picked a random date. But now, like anyone who's listening to Hellworld will know that that's not the case. Nope. You have to nope. edit all this out, otherwise they're going to know, Mike. They're going to know. <laughs> oh, I, I think I'm probably the easiest doxable person in the world, but QAnon has yet to put two and two together to actually achieve that dream. So, God bless them. I, my my faith. I love the fact that like I was on Good Morning America for thirty seconds and. 
even even with that, QAnon was still posting photos of me wearing the mask and sunglasses and like and like photoshopping that on top of Jabba the Hutt and being like, hey, look at this fat guy we don't like. Look at Mike Rage, we hate him. And it's like, guys, you you have a headshot of me. It's out there. It's not hard. Oh my Very god. Very clever. Uh you were we we completely forgot. You were in a Vice News article recently, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That my the, my uh, thread on Dan Scavino, uh, David Gilbert grabbed that, and they had an article about Dan Scavino's dog whistling the QAnon. So yeah, that was in there. That was that was cool. That was it's always nice to like like see my tweets in an actual like story somewhere. It's that's like does it add more more juice to our claim that you're our expert? You're definitely the uh, the beating heart of this podcast. Can't oh, wait. One of you yeah. guys needs to get on Vice. That's gonna be awesome. So. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine any like positive way in which I end up on Vice News. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's like an, ex- I'm, the, I'm an expert, in, like actual nothing. That's like, where the, the, the penis the, episode really bites me in the ass. That's how I end up on Vice. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, we, uh, when, when cancel culture comes for Sarge because of his cavalier penis humor, then, uh, then, and only then. As like a you know, they'll just be interviewing me to just be like, "What's your take on this Sarge thing?" And it's just like, "Man, if you listen to that episode, me and Mike Rains both thought that his penis talk was ill-advised. You could hear it." <laughs> Indeed. Yes. So anyway, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna help uh, Sarge dig himself out of this hole by pulling us out of Hell World for the weekend. So let's get uh, let's get into my uh, highly tricked out. Uh, with extra hydraulics, low rider car, and uh, you know, car dance our way out of Hell World for the week. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for listening and supporting the show. If you'd like to continue to support the show, the easiest, freest way to do so is to tell a friend or give us a five star review on whatever platform you happen to get our podcast from. But if you'd like to support us with some actual currency, you can do so by visiting our Patreon at patreon.com slash pokerpolitics, where anyone who joins and subscribes at a $5 and above level gets access to all of our bonus content, which at this point is creeping up on 50 or more hours of stuff, including series such as Kabbalan and what we do out of shadows. Uh, shout out to this week's beautiful baby, Art L, for joining the crew. Welcome aboard, Art L. Uh, hopefully you are enjoying what you're paying for, because uh, Lord knows it's gone kind of off the rails this episode. Uh, if you have some money and you don't want to give it to us because we sound like a bunch of stupid dickheads, we totally get that. You can uh, do a little good with it by donating it to love146.org. They're an organization whose vision is the end of child trafficking and exploitation, and that is in their own words. Or if you'd like to, you can donate your money to whatever uh, Ukraine-facing charity of your choice. Just help support Ukraine, and that would be a okie-dokie by us. Shout out to TJ Minimal Effort for use of our theme song uh, that I believe is untitled or it's untitled enough that we've never mentioned the title before. And I don't know why I'm bringing it up now. Uh, he remains too cool for social media. So there's no way for you to visit or shout him out. So I'm doing it for uh, on your behalf where we're all doing it. You can together, name it right collectively. now. You can just we can just name it. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure that's how it works. I, I'm pretty sure the artist has to be the one to name it unless he specifically defers to us. In which case, we're going to keep it out of your mouth. Otherwise, it will have something to do with JFK Jr.'s peen. So thank you, DJ Minimal Effort, for uh, your help. Uh, You know who can visit on social media and be like, hey, I like what you do. That's our good friend Frosty. You can find him on Twitter at FrostyVO. Frosty has provided our content warning, which, again, we very much need, uh, and does all of our bumps and is the voice of Q when we need it. 
If you can't get enough of myself and Sarge somehow, and you need to listen to more of our takes on stuff, you can find us on uh, Binge Wordy, our spinoff podcast where we talk about pop media nonsense. Uh, we are just wrapping up our month-long feature on Batman films. Uh, so if you'd like to hear our takes on the Batman, we'll be uploading that episode this week. Uh, you can find us at binge wordy. That's on Twitter at binge wordy B I N G E W O R D Y. So for another, uh, successful big quotation marks there episode of the Avengers of <laughs> hell world podcast. Uh, I have been your host, hell world L signing off for my co-host and fellow lunatic hell world Sarge and our expert in all things Q and on crazy. Mr. Mike raids. Good speed Patriots. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.